Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah. 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 Hey, young nigga, no food, no moves. I'm finna start dealing. Fuck that, I got cousins on crack. I'm finna start stealing. Working hard, hard work, didn't bear fruit. I need to start pillin'. Yeah. The fence that's going up, what the fuck is off? I need a hard meal. It all started with the sidekicks, you know the swipe flick. I was snagging them fools. Upgraded to the iPods, cameras, tripods. I was grabbing them too. Yeah. On the train, irritated cause my mama gone in jail. I'm mad as a mute. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the cast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pops Culture Podcast. I am your host, Papa Menno, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Gabe Epp. Gabe, how are you today? This is it. It's good. I'm good. Everything's good. The sun's out. I got a beer. I got my trusty vape, and we're good. Sun's out, no guns out, though. Or no, guns. No, no guns, man. I don't have any guns. The gym's been closed for two months. Like, I, I don't want to get roasted or anything. I'm out of shape. Out of shape for you is, like, what, though? Uh, I don't know, but, like, I don't know. I it's not the same level as out of shape for everyone else, bro. Stop stop lying. Okay. <laughs> out of shape for you is still, like, oh, yeah, I can still, I can still walk around with my top off. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's the one thing I got, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, I've been, you know what I've been doing though that's been nice lately? It's been helping is biking, hella. So that's been Do like. You own a bike or using the Toronto public bikes? Uh, I own, like, I own a bike. I own a bike. I have bikes. I'm a bike guy. I just haven't because, like, it's been shitty weather and stuff, and now it's nice out and stuff. Honestly, biking's underrated. I don't understand why more people don't do it. Yeah, it's a great workout to bike and, around. And, and, like, around the city, like, you get places quicker. Like, if I'm going from my spot, like, by U of T to, like, say, yours, I'm going to get there quicker on the bike than you will in a car, like, in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, with traffic, yes, I, I would agree with that. So for a second I was I was like I don't know where you're going with this I don't know if you could bike faster in a fucking car but no obviously I can't move with traffic, traffic with traffic like, definitely through downtown the city like mid like afternoon evening you definitely like, in the summer you rip around quicker because I never would bike really like I go out, like once a month for a leisure ride but like since I moved here I've been going out like every day like just going to the bank whatever doing errands and like it's nice like you get the like you can go like see little areas you wouldn't see before because you can move maneuver around the way you can with like a car and that. So, it's putting me in a good mood. I've been hitting the bike lately, 
just cruising around and stuff. I went for a long one today. I got a nice workout. Things are good. Life's good. Glad to hear it, man. This right. Is We're in the positive. Somewhat of a changed game. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been trying. I've been, I bring the positivity. Yeah. No, biking's really good. It's, it's, you get cardio, can but you then you also cardio? like, you also work your muscles too. Yes, I can fucking ride a bike. What kind know. of question is that? Because you can't swim. Who doesn't know how to ride a bike? I know lots of lots of people I've met in Toronto can't ride a bike. Really, like they get Who really. Who are these people that you've met that can't ride bikes? <laughs> There's everybody. There's someone for so- everyone for someone. So, but yeah, like rollerblading, I can understand you not learning that because it's not like it's not as um, widely popular. popular. Yeah, you rollerblade. No, I, I don't rollerblade. I never, <laughs> learned, I never learned how to do that one. Yo, let's let's do a rollerblading episode in the summer. I, you know what's weird? That I was thinking about. I think I'm gonna get some rollerblades this summer. They're fast, man. I've seen some people move super quick in yeah. those things. You gotta switch it up, man. Like the world's different now. We gotta get different hobbies. Like we're not gonna be able to go inside places. We're not gonna be able to go clubbing, patio hopping, and that. So y'all for gonna... a little bit, man. It's not like this is a forever thing. I know, but for the for like the next couple months. Like, okay, even, like, the gyms won't open. Like, do you hear about Good Life? What about them? Like, you have to get, um, like, when it opens up again in July, it's going to be, like, by um, appointment. So it's, like, five people at a time and shit. So there's not going to be any time to go to the gym. I mean, if you go early enough, you can get your workouts in. That's what I'm gonna be, honestly, when it does open up, that's what I'm going to plan on doing is going at, like, five in the morning. Yeah, but still, I feel like it's going to be a rush now because people are, like, they're only letting, like, 20. Like, think about Good Life, how many people are usually in there. Yeah. Only, like, I feel like you're going to have to sign up. Like, you're going to have to grease the bouncer at Good Life. <laughs> so, That's going to be the new club. Yeah, it is. It honestly is, man. Like, you got, I've been thinking about, like, I was waiting in the lineup for the grocery store. And I was actually like, yo, I might just pull out a 20 because I don't want to wait for 40 minutes. I'm just like... Shake his hand, like I'm good. Like let that me. That would ne- that would never fly over, but that'd be a hilarious. Why would it not fly? <laughs> You're a grocery store worker, like <laughs> that's what I'd be doing if I was working there right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should. I, at least for for mine, I say it doesn't work because the dude who stands outside is the manager, mm. so he's not going to take the money and be like, I mean, yeah, he's money. Well. We know what grocery store managers make, all right? Like. On top of the fact that everyone's watching you is not, <laughs> not going to be happening. It's not like people, like, drunk and, like, coked out of their mind. Like, exactly. Mid-afternoon at 1, you're, you're rolling up to the guy, like, trying to grease the 20. How are yeah, you? No. How are you? What have you been up to? Just working, pretty much, and then that's pretty much it, honestly. Have you been leaving the house or what? Uh, I went out on the Sunday because it was super busy. Um, but before I get into the story, I just want to intro the podcast. This is episode 55 of the Pops Culture Podcast. As always, guys, continue to like, rate, review, subscribe on all major streaming platforms. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. We did do two episodes last week, so if you haven't checked both those out, go out and check them. One was our experiences working from home, and the other was just our regular scheduled programming. Uh, but yeah, as for me, I just been working. I did go out on the Sunday because it was super nice outside, and I didn't want to waste that day. Uh, a lot of people also went outside as well too. But I went for like a forty to fifty minute walk, just walking around the city, listening to music and shit. And it was dope. It was nice. It was cool. It was a good change of pace from just staying inside all fucking day. So yeah, it was dope. So Rob Ford put out a thing. He said it would close again till the seventeenth. Does that mean though that we're gonna be open afterwards or? No, I think he's going to take it case by case and see what happens by the time we get there. 
Apparently, like, that's what they're doing right now. Like they're just looking to see what it's going to be like in the next two weeks. You can't say you're going to be shut down for a long period of time because then people would absolutely riot and go nuts. But if you like ease them into it and be like, hey, like the next two weeks, we'll see what happens. And then you keep pushing the deadlines by two weeks. People are more accepting of, oh, possibly we'll wait. We'll get back to our regular lives in the next two weeks rather than being like, we're not going to open until September. Yeah, fair enough. But we'll see. Apparently, there's still thinking about, I don't know. This is another thing with the C&E. They're like, well, we're not sure. But I'm not going to the C&E, though. I'm not like, it's not it's not worth it to risk it. I heard Tori said he canceled that shit. I don't think that shit's going down. Yeah, well, he, he like I don't think he made it official. He's like it looked like we might not have it. People were like kind of raging. I was like I'm not even if they did have it, I'm not going. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of people in one ear. It's already packed like just on regular. Yeah, uh, and then everyone's touching everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a I'm, lot of body contact at the CNE. You can't walk in that place without touching somebody else's body by mistake. You, so you would say in July, if they open up the gym, you would go? Yeah. No. I'm. You know, gyms are literally the grossest out of, like, all the things. Like, you're catching corona. I'm not going to the gym until September. And I, like, I live in the I gym. I think if you wash your hands, you'll be fine. No, man. It's all the sweat. Are you kidding me? You're not contracting corona by sweat, though. Yeah, people are it's contract- more so. It's more no. so just by people, like, talking think, to each other and shit like that. somewhere you go that's more, like hygienic base than the gym dude i'm that's more hygienic base like that is like greasy people are so intimate with those machines you're crazy yeah, I mean, catching corona i'm gonna do a r.i.p episode in august because you went to the gym and do a lot <laughs> you know now that i think about it i mean there are some machines that yes are very <laughs> intimate <laughs> They all are, man. Like, if you work your hamstrings, I can't remember what it is. But yeah, those... I, I was literally about to say that. You're about to be doing those hamstring, like, exercise face, like, again. Yeah, the one where your face is down yeah. in it. I'm like, all right. There's – people definitely spit on that. But, yeah, I mean, they can nice inhale. Papa doing his, like, <laughs> classic hamstring curls. He's going to catch the Rona. <laughs> Rest in peace, Papa, because he had to do his hamstring curls. They're a fundamental part of your body, man. <laughs> anyway, they so, are very yeah. necessary to function. But yeah, no, I mean they give you towels. I, I'll see. I'll see when it, when they actually open it up. Um, girls get in for free before eleven, though. Would be a <laughs> hilarious thing they could do. Yeah, right. What? Eleven a.m. Yeah, of course, eleven a.m. <laughs> that would be a hilarious uh, thing they could do. So are things good, bad, what? I mean, they're good. I can't really complain about much, man. Wow. I'm still getting paid and on my way to financial freedom because of all these fucking savings that I'm making right now by not having to pay for dates and going to restaurants and shit. So true, true, true. Life is good. Yeah, I've, I've definitely I looked at my like bank like spending for two months, the last two months versus like two months before that, and it's definitely a nice improvement. Yeah. Once we get out of this, like, I'll be in a good spot to either travel um, and also get the new iPhone whenever that drops. So, True. You should I'm come be, to Vancouver. I'm going to be a happy kid. What? You should come to Vancouver to visit there. I'll consider it. I already have, like, I, I do owe a visit to Ghana back home to see my mom and shit. So I don't know if I can fit all of that so in. Ghana is expensive to fly back. What? It's expensive to fly there. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I can't afford all three of them. 
All right. Um, Fair enough. You, if you want to do a, a week drive to Vancouver, I'm I'm in for that maybe. Okay. But, okay. You can come the, with me and Emily. How much is the fly though? Isn't it cheap? Is it like four hundred right or something? So like the cheapest I've ever got return. It's expensive, man. For like in country, like it's usually like four or five hundred bucks. Oh yeah, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, like four bills. But like if you do, like if you, that's like when I book it three months ahead. So if you're like doing like three weeks ahead, it'll be like six, seven. It's stupid. Oh, but yeah, now it's yeah. hella cheap. I've seen flights for like there in return for like three sixty. So. Oh, like half the price, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But you can fly. So I booked. I was. I told you I was supposed to go to Ghana before from Van, and actually even the had. Fuck, were you going to Ghana? Oh yeah, wasn't it for like it, some? Uh, I was gonna go teach in, uh, not English. Yeah, yeah, like, that's sports, what it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was like the flight there was like fifteen hundred. Yeah, they're pricey as shit. I uh, know, but I heard it's beautiful, so I, that's like my. If I can go to anywhere in Africa, that's my first spot. Yeah, it's pretty nice. One of my oh. friends went there recently, and uh, she's been obsessed with it ever since yeah my barber put me onto it she was from there and she's like and so i got like obsessed you have a female barber i used to yeah she honestly the best cut i've ever had (laughs) what i feel like we got so off topic today Um, was this in van yeah this is in van you you gotta take what you can get in van there's only like 30 black people so true yeah i will say though i did have i did have a female barber once the cut wasn't terrible. Like, it wasn't the worst. It also wasn't the greatest, so I would say it was passing grade for sure. Yeah. But the treatment afterwards was incredible. Like, she massaged my head. Yeah, she right? This, like, like, she had this, like, hot towel and, like, all these oils and shit. And I was like, so this, is part of my, this is part of my haircut. Like, I've never had this happen before. Granted, I don't know if I'd want another dude to do it. But, no, absolutely not. But, yeah, her soft hands on my bald head was fucking incredible. <laughs> She did my braids, right? So then, like, after when I was started getting cut, I was like, oh, I'll just let her do it. She was, like, fine, but I just felt like, you know, you, I felt like I couldn't leave her. Like, she'd been doing my braids for, like, six I years. I felt like I couldn't leave her. Yeah, and then she's like, I can cut, I can cut your hair, too. And so I was like, obviously, then I have to do it. And she, yeah, she still gave me, like, because when braids, they have the whole thing, like, they massage your scalp, like, do all that. So then when I started getting cut, she would always, like, go in, grab my neck and stuff. I was just becoming a man at that point, so it was very sensual. Had a heart on the entire time. <laughs> the cape that they put on you, your shit was, like, rising. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but, yeah, so, anyway, let's get back on topic. So this topic that we are going to get into was given to me by a friend and a listener of the podcast. Um, she was intrigued by this topic because not only did it affect her personally, she knew someone who recently passed away to violence in Toronto and gun violence in Toronto. Um, but yeah, she also sent me a video of someone discussing violence in Toronto's hip hop scene. And it's something that was a big topic last, not last year, the year before actually, 2018. Um, a lot of artists had been gunned down in the summer and there was huge, there was a lot of fights as well too, breaking off in concert that Toronto artists were doing in venues and then also hip hop artists were also being blackballed by certain um certain venues from performing there because of previous acts of violence that had nothing to do with those artists per se but just the reputation that got into the culture definitely influenced artists going forward um it's everywhere though yes to an extent but then there's also like I mean, there's still the systematic racism that comes with it in Toronto yeah, as well. It, 
racism everywhere, but I'm saying like it's a worldwide thing for hip hop artists and stuff too. Like that just always happens. Like they they get they have their first show and there's a shooting, and then after that they won't like take any more like hip hop artists or anything. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on like the violence in Toronto's hip hop scene? Like, do you think it's something that's definitely there and something that we promote, or do you think it's kind of a little bit overblown? Or are there certain factors that kind of give that life? Man, I, like, people are going to get mad about this, but I'm always going to say this is, like, I feel like Toronto gets the excitement and, like, I don't know. I feel like Toronto's always trying to prove themselves. Like, like the rappers here and the community here. Like, I used to have friends growing up from here. And every time there's a shooting or something, like, they want to be America so bad sometimes. Yeah. Um, that... It's just, like, I think people, like, it's the same way, like, in any situation when you have those friends who, like, roll with, like, hard people or whatever. They want to, like, overcompensate and prove themselves. I feel like Toronto, like, honestly, for the, all the amazing acts and artists and, like, the way Toronto's developed their own sound, which has, like, been incredible to see, like, the growth in music and, like, Toronto literally be, like, we have a more popular sound than New York than, like, maybe even Atlanta right now. Like, there's a Toronto sound. Like, there's the weekend, like, the R&B and everything, which is crazy, which I never thought would happen with Toronto, um, which is, like, dope and amazing. But the one downside of that, too, is, like, we want to be America so bad, or at least a lot of people do. Um, and a lot of – not the main artists, not, like, your guys, like, your Tory Lanes and stuff like that. They know. They've experienced the States and stuff. But a lot of the lower guys, like, you have those um, – what's that guy? Top five and, like, all those people and stuff. Like, they're trying to show out and prove, like, Presta. so far. Yeah. That – I mean – that is just kind of, I don't know, man, I roll my eyes, like, especially as, like, an American and spending time in Detroit, like, visiting Chicago, having family out in California and stuff, too. Our, our sound, the music is definitely, like, showing out and doing better than a lot of the states, but I don't see any reason why we have to prove ourselves with violence and, like, the gang culture, and there's definitely a lot of dudes out here trying to overcompensate, and it's kind of, like, disappointing to see, um... So, like, for me, it's always one of the things I've been pretty outspoken about it. And, like, I think it's kind of a joke that, I don't know, like, just appreciate what you have. Like, Toronto's not perfect, but the way we handle, um, like, even, like, the um, lower-income housing and stuff around here. Like, they've done a good job. Like, if you go to Regent Park, what it was 10 years ago versus now, it's crazy. Like, how much, like, the nice housing they put in there made it safer and stuff. Like, you wouldn't get that in Chicago. You would never get those nice apartments in those areas. You wouldn't get that in Seven Mile and stuff. And, like, we should appreciate that instead of trying to show out on that. Like, obviously, there's cultures that come from, like, poverty and there's people that are really straight poor and need to do what they need to do. But there's also a lot of cats out here with your, like, Brampton dudes and, like, those guys who are trying to show out who come from, like, good families and stuff. And they still want to yeah. ban, which is, like... It's definitely one of the, it's when people, when I talk about Toronto and people are like, how's it out here and stuff? That's the one thing that I find annoying. Like, I love this city, the, like the, the music, everything we made. But for, for me, that is like, it's a, it's a big joke. Cause I've actually seen like the struggle and people actually need to bang and stuff. And then for you to just do that when you don't have to is kind of ridiculous. So I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, other than Toronto being bigger than, Atlanta on the music. Okay, that's the reason. I think it's because there's a huge divide. What? 
That was a reach. Like I ran out of the city. I blanked there. I don't know why I said Atlanta. <laughs> better than right now. But no, but I think that Toronto sounds bigger than like New York and stuff right now. Yeah, it's definitely bigger than New York sound right now for sure. Um, but part that, of that too is I like keep going. Part of that too is that Toronto's like always fought for an identity. Like we've never actually had our own identity. Um, yes, we've had a lot of big artists in the past, but they were never mainstream big in the eyes of America. Like we had like Chaclair, Chaos, Cardinal Fischel, Shad, Socrates, like all those guys. They did a lot of great work back in the early '90s and like early 2000s and stuff. But just going for like those guys weren't what we saw in like terms of a Drake or a Tory Lanez or The Weeknd. Like yeah. those guys weren't widely regarded in Even American now, culture and stuff like that. Yeah, and and the fact that we're so close to America, like I think that's what influences us, influences us, uh, influences us the most is that we want to be so much like America because we're so close to them and we want to get that recognition from them um, so so badly. So, like, a lot of these guys who you said aren't necessarily in that type of lifestyle, but they will glorify it and try and make it seem like they're hard or, like, that cool. Um, they'll try and play up a persona that's definitely not them. And that's not to say that Toronto doesn't have issues in terms of, like, housing and, like, being oh, poor yeah, and stuff like that. Um Yeah, there are those issues in Toronto. So I can understand some artists taking that route or pulling from their experiences and and singing about it or rapping about it. Uh, But the poor in Toronto, I would say, doesn't necessarily compare to the poor that you see in America. And that's not to excuse them, but just in terms of criminology and like what we know from like those types of theories and stuff is like when you're poor and you're in an area where you can see wealth, like that promotes a lot of uh, bad feelings and it promotes people to want to commit crimes to get to that level. And when you see it in Toronto, like there's, like you said, you, you named Regent Park and how they're adding all those new buildings and gentrification is happening. You still have certain parts where it's still like dirt poor, but then on the other side, like literally you can just walk like five steps down the street and you see a completely different area where it's um, looks a lot more luxurious and stuff like that. And people, a lot of people in Toronto as well, too, they have access, like a lot of the poor people still have access to internet. They still have phones. They still have um, housing and stuff like that. So they can go online and they can see people who are wealthy and stuff and, and kind of want to attain that type of stuff. And they'll, they'll do it by any means necessary and try and get like a street cred. So I think that also contributes into why there is a, a lot of violence. Um, but in terms of, in terms of, the gun violence and some of the issues that we have as well too, like Toronto as well, just we've never really accepted ourselves. Like we don't, we don't really look to be like, Oh, like our culture is dope. So like, let's promote our culture within each other. Um, even with guys like Drake, the weekend and Tory, like obviously Drake being the biggest artist, there's still people in Toronto who want to see him fail and still want to see him lose and stuff like that. Right. Because yeah. people in Toronto think that people in Toronto themselves want to be, in his position. Like we don't want to elevate our own culture and like elevate the people around us. We just want to take that spot and be that person. I agree. But to be, okay, to be fair though, that's like, I agree with that as well, but that's like everywhere too. Like the crabs in the bucket. Like you used to always hear that, like New York, Chicago, like when you see like a nigga eating good and like doing well, you have that attitude, but then you also add with Toronto, like there's this, you have that attitude, which every city has, 
but then there's this like overwhelming infuri- and like being inferior like you have to like hip hop there's always this assumed hardness and you know what I mean and you've heard so many times like every, like Drake and Weekend are the biggest guys in Toronto and all you hear is them being called beige which is basically a slur <laughs> wait repeat that part before you said beige you cut out a bit uh, like, I'm just saying, like, the two biggest artists you have in Toronto are, like, Drake and The Weeknd, which are seen as incredibly soft um, amongst a lot of people, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. light-skinned people get this <laughs> reputation that is ridiculous. Um, I mean, so, you're one of the softest I know, though, bro. So. Bro, I'm, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm the opposite. But honestly, though, but that's why I can speak on this, because I feel like, for me, every time I go home, like, so my family's from Detroit, and, like, every time, like, I feel like when you're light-skinned and you speak a certain way and stuff and that um, you have to like prove yourself. And growing up, I was definitely the same way. Uh, just like being as Canadian, when I go home, like literally when, Detroit, there was like, my family's all from there. And when I go across the border, it's like 30 minutes away. And they're like, why do you speak like that? Like you do live in an igloo, all that shit. Right. Yeah. I, so when I was like, when I was out rolling with them, I'd be like, yo, I gotta, you know, like puff my chest and be tough. And so I understand it, but I grew out of that. Like, I, at some point I started appreciating the life I have in Canada and like seeing my cousins and like, I lost like family and all that. And like having extremely like tougher life than I did. I like, once I got to a certain age, I was grateful for that. Like I became comfortable in my skin. And I think basically essentially Toronto needs to do the same thing, man. Like obviously individually and certain like circumstances, there's people who like, we have poverty here. We have reasons to like hustle, like all that. But don't get me wrong, but, like, I, it just blew my mind. Like, even going to Regent Park, like, they built a brand-new-ass pool and gym, like, right in the hood there. And it's free. Everything's free. That would not happen in Chicago or Detroit. The city would not put money into it like that. Like, I know for a fact. You know what I mean? Like, it was, yeah, yeah. It, could, it could have been somewhere in Liberty Village, somewhere in Oakville. It looked so nice. And that doesn't change everything, but it certainly – Make it help. Yeah. Like parents don't have to worry about paying for anything, like you know, for the pool, like any of that. So it definitely like changed it. And like just seeing that, like the first time, I was like, "Yo, like that's amazing." Like the city's not perfect, and they don't handle poverty perfectly either. But in contrast to other places, um, and I know for a fact because I had some friends who lived there, and those new buildings still were lower income. Like yeah, they look nice and stuff, but they did let families stay there who couldn't afford like the, they did as best they could to address the gentrification so it was still pretty impressive again like i'm not fully saying there's no reason like individually i know people need to hustle they need to do whatever but to the degree that it's an improvement versus our down south partners and stuff is pretty impressive and it's just kind of like ups- like upsetting like you have please like mississauga and brampton and those like cliche brown boys you know guys like who have like parents that are doctors and that and are still trying to like slang and like hustle it's like why why would you do that so that was was my high school in the suburbs of durham region like literally so many kids were living in these like good houses like good areas and stuff like that but because they weren't they didn't have like the identity of being tough or whatever like they wanted to be that so badly that they would put on like those airs and i'm like i mean i guess when you're in high school it's a little bit more understood because like obviously you go through puberty so like testosterone and all that stuff is like playing around with your brain and shit and you're still looking for yourself and trying to find an identity. But it was just, yeah, it was, it was, when you look back on it, it's like kind of mind blowing how so many people wanted to be tough. So many people wanted to be viewed as like gang members and stuff like that in my school. And it's like, bro, 
we live in the suburbs. Like you're not you're not this hard dude that's got to like slang drugs and like sell sell all this shit to get money, right? So yeah, it's, no, it course. comes down to an identity. Like Toronto is like little brother, and you look up to America as big brother, and like you want to be that so badly that we have to try and do those same things in order to be recognized. When we absolutely do not have to do those same things, we can definitely continue with our own wave and try and make that and try and leverage that. You are recognized. Like Toronto, we used to call ourselves like the screw face capital because we wanted to be seen as like this tough area where like if you come out here, like we don't fuck around and we don't mess around. And don't get me wrong, there definitely are, like you said, people that do that do do that. And there are people from the hood who who will definitely um about that life. Who will definitely press people for for stepping in the wrong bounds and as a whole, like we didn't all have to adopt that same mentality because it, it definitely didn't represent what the city was about. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, like, personally, I grew out of that, too, and I remember, like, as I got older, when my family impressed me about it, I was like, yeah, like, it's dope, like, I've had a dope-ass life, like, for my dad to bring me to Canada, and for me to experience all these things that I know for a fact my family down south didn't, as I got older, I was like, I just embraced it, I was like, I'm not, I, I am who I am, I've done all these things and had all these experiences, I'm so much more thankful for it, and, like, I think to a degree, you have, like, Drake and stuff, who's like, kind of the same way, who are, like, I mean, his music sometimes he fronts, but for the most part, you know, like, he's pretty honest about, like, that stuff, too. And I feel like Toronto should just embrace who they are. Like, yeah, you know, like you can be like, yeah, we have this in our experience and just be real about it um, and that, too. So I, I don't know. Like, for me, to get personally, to get comfortable, that's how I did it. I feel like a lot of people in Toronto and stuff should do that as well. Um, again, not to say, like, I know lots of people, it's case by case. Like, your family, you're struggling, whatever, I get it. But just from that, like, whole encompassing thing, sometimes it's kind of disappointing to see um, as well. It just seems like people are trying to show out. And, like, like you said, we had, I don't know, what was, like, two 15-year-olds got shot, like, a couple weeks ago and all that. And it's just kind of disappointing to see that, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just, Yeah, like, last year we lost uh, 44 double O who got shot in an Airbnb. Um around Jane and Finch. And there's another dude in Oshawa called Bully who also got gunned down as well, too. So, like, we, we've definitely had – there's been a lot of – there was a – especially 2018, there was a lot of shootings in that summer. Like, we had more than New like, York, which is crazy. I think we – yeah, I think we set, like, the record for the city as well, too, in 2018. Um, and maybe 2019. I'm not too sure. I didn't look into that one. But I know 2018 was, was a huge year for, like, gang sure violence and stuff like that. we out in New York for shootings, though. Possibly. So, which is, like, crazy to me. Um, but, yeah, just, I, again, like, I, to a degree, I get it, but it's more of as a, like, a huge community that it's kind of disappointing. Like, individually, you have your experience with your family being poor, broke, whatever, but to see, like, it embracing, you can, even, like, growing up, I remember my friends in Toronto, like, every time something happened, they should send me a link, like, oh, another shooting, like, shit's wild in Toronto, and you can tell they're, like, happy about it. It's like, nah, like, that. We should. Yeah, I just wanted that recognition of being, like, cool and shit. Yeah, so just kind of, like, like, one of my, my friend introduced me to another friend. He had the money, power, respect tattoo, and he was, like, a drug dealer. He's, like, white dude. He's running around. Apparently, both his parents were doctors. I'm, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I need money, power, respect. Like, this is 20 years ago. Like, it's ridiculous. So you meet a lot more people out here that are definitely fronting, and there's no reason to do that so just kind of like it's kind of whack but what are you gonna do 
Yeah. I just to wrap this up, I'd say a great parallel would be like the Raptors in the NBA. Like we as a city always pine for the media's attention and it's the same thing with like Toronto's rap scene. Like we pine for that same recognition from America. Like we'd always blame the refs and stuff like that. And some of that was garnered. Like for sure, I do think there was a little bit of a vendetta against Toronto. Um when we were playing in, in like the playoffs in certain situations and stuff like that. Um, but then at the same time too, like once we won the championship, like throughout that whole playoff run, like I know even myself, I was still nervous that like, Oh yeah, we would somehow blow it the same way that we've had in the past. Like you still have that PTSD with you, but it's something that, like you said, we do just have to end up growing out of and like recognize that there's power and just being Torontonians. And like, we have a lot of dope shit out here. Like um, we, we've arrived though. Like we had, we got our championship and we have like the, like the most popular rapper in the world and stuff. So embrace our real identity instead of like trying to chase anything. Like when you're at the top, it's your opportunity to be who you are. Like for me, it was like, again, I'm just going back to myself, like struggling, like trying to find my identity. But like once I got successful and like found something, like it's embrace who you are. Like stop trying to be another city and stuff. Like you're on the top, you got the championship, like you have the hottest rapper in the like, in the world and stuff too. So just be who you are. It's a perfect opportunity. You're no longer a follower. You're a leader and they need to start acting like it. Yeah. I, I think the artists who are coming up though, don't view themselves in that position though. Cause if there's a huge divide between when you go from Drake, Tory and the weekend, and then you drop off to the next art, or true, I, true. I it's like nav too, but then yeah, you drop off to the next artist and it's like, who is that person? Right. So there's that huge divide that goes in there. Um, also just to mention earlier, cause like my friend who did send me the video, um, the video that she did send me came from director X speaking on someone else's uh, platform. And he was saying that how like, it's harder for, it's harder for a company to kind of want to sign someone from Toronto just because like they know that this guy's going to do this. Like there's so much baggage that comes with it. Like really some guy's going to be upset with like gang violence or like, they're going to be like, Oh, like you have an issue with this person and you're just like a director who's like helping them out. Like you have nothing to do with that person's business, but it's going to come with the territory of that artist. Um, I, I do think that's valid. That's definitely a valid point. But at the same time, too, like I also look at the big major labels in uh, in America, and I think that's another difference as well, too. Like America has these already established labels and stuff like that. Like uh, a universal can sign whoever, right? And even if they come with baggage and stuff like that, whatever happens to that artist, it's like, it's just on that artist. Like the label doesn't necessarily care for them. Whereas Toronto doesn't really have that same, um, doesn't have that same luxury of being a signing artist. And then like whatever happens to him just happens to him. Because like when you're signing an artist, you're, you have to go along with that artist and help him develop and stuff like that. So you're using your own resources to help them. So yeah, I do agree that if there is an issue with that Toronto artist, then like, yeah, you're also at the same time going to get caught. Um, in that smoke or whatever, but there is still like, I know there's like a universal in Candace Vault too, like, um, or maybe not universal, but there's another major label that also has a division out here as well too. So yeah, I think it's hit or miss depending on which, but yeah, that makes sense. I never really thought about, I never even considered that, but I guess, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors for, for the violence. Um, but I think a lot of it is us promoting it in a way that doesn't necessarily need to be, so, yo, do you want to go on to this Ahmad Arbery story as well, too? Real quick. We can hey, just get it. Yeah, we can just get out the way real quick. 
Okay, so obviously, I don't know. You have to go watch the video. Um, you do not have to go watch the video. You do. This is this is this is this is where we're gonna get to next. So, <laughs> I think um, so. There's a a guy in Georgia who's literally just going for a run, and I guess there have been some break-ins in the area, and this guy was literally just running through his neighborhood, a suburb, kind of like a redneck area, twenty um, five year old man, and he got held up at gunpoint. Like a bunch of people cut him off. And he was literally just going for a run. It had nothing to do with the break-ins. Um, and he got pulled over by this guy's truck. And he kept trying to run. And they had the guns out. And obviously, they, like, get in the truck. And he, like, confronted them. And they basically killed him in cold blood. Um, and it's it all was on video. So it happened a month ago. But it, the video hadn't leaked yet. And they weren't prosecuted. They weren't in trouble. The police even said that he had, like, broken into things and done all this, but it ended up turning out the video leaked a couple days ago, and it showed that he was literally just running around the neighborhood, going for a run, and he lost his life. Uh, probably one of the most savage videos out there. Um, pretty disheartening. And a lot of people, like you said, uh, w- refused to watch it because it was kind of, it was extremely difficult to watch, which I get. But I feel like I've had this conversation with you, and I sent it to a couple other people, specifically <laughs> black people, and they said they don't want to watch it. I feel like you owe it to people that you should watch it. Like, you have to watch it. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I mean, I think you should be informed on the situation 100%. But I don't think that means you have to go and actually view what transpired and what took place in what? the video. Yeah, like, you can make an argument, though. How can you defend, like, or say there's racism, all these things exist? And have these like examples and then not watch the video to see actually what happens. And because we already know that it exists. We don't need to watch a video. That's my point. That's my point is that we've seen so many of this bullshit happen before that we don't need to relive through the trauma. Like there's already, I'm like, I'm tired of seeing like black trauma all over the timeline. Like that's one of the things I try and avoid so much because it's like how many times I have to keep watching the same stuff happen. And it's like, it's not doing anything different. It just reinforces the fact that. We know there's racism and there's people out there who are getting away with murdering black people and getting off from it. Like, I don't need to watch another video, fuck up my psyche even more to to understand it. How can you have this conversation, though? Like, someone envision, like, you're going to address and, like, argue with someone to even be like, this happened and not know exactly what happened. I'm not arguing that it happened, though. But but how can you even speak on it without seeing what happened? Like, I... I don't understand. Like, I just don't feel it's like going like being a lawyer and walking into something and just not being prepared, not reading the case, looking at all the facts like you need to know what happened. Who's who's speaking on it, though? Are you saying in general or me specifically? Well, no, because I had this I've had the same conversation with like four other people in the last few days. And I feel like that part you cut out a bit. I said uh, I spoke to a lot of people. And the reason why I'm even speaking about this is because you were like the fourth person to say it was like, I don't want to watch it. Like, I already know what happens and stuff. But I feel like I understand why you don't want to see it, but I feel like to fully to fully understand and to be able to, like, defend your case and push forward for to progress, that you need to see what happened. Like, you need, you need to know. Like, obviously, we know racism exists, but I feel like the fully, like... Being but I already know that this. I already know there's a fully. I've seen videos before of black people getting gunned down. I know what that feeling feels like. I don't want to relive it again. That's like telling you, like 
You know when you burn your hand on the stove? It's like, oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta burn my hand again to understand what it feels like. It's like, no, I remember what it felt like the first time. I don't gotta do it five other times just to remember the exact feeling again. Yeah, but I, I get individually, but we're we're forced with like being the minority and having this conversation with people that you that like. People aren't like, unfortunately, like I agree with you to a degree, but that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is you have to have this conversation with people. You need to defend yourself. And I think you're best equipped to do that when you know exactly what happened with each situation. Like I get what you're saying. And you don't sure. Want to, I, I, but I feel like if you really want to be a freedom rider, if you really want to ride, like you want to be woke, you need to, you need to know what actually went down and like, you need to like, because there's gonna be so many people. There's already people online be like, well, why didn't he just stop? Because they had him at gunpoint, and what they're saying originally was get in the back of the truck. These are random dudes who are like, get in the back of the truck. People were like, oh, why didn't he just get in and stuff? And obviously they had guns in his face, so he just tried to like push it away, and they just unloaded on him. And so once you see actually what happens, you can break it down, like break it down, and be like, that was completely unacceptable. Whereas if you never saw it, you might be like second guessing yourself, like, oh, why did he? do what he did. You know what I mean? Like that Trayvon Martin case happened. Like the video was out there and it leaked right now. You've had that argument for two years back and forth. People were like, well, why didn't he just like do what he did? Or why do you have to punch like uh, Zimmerman? If you had that video, would you not watch it? Yeah, I would have watched it a hundred percent. This is going to be, this is, the, but this that, is, but the difference with that is because of the fact that that was like one of the first instances where I got like, where I was uh, exposed to that type of violence. Listen, so I would have been curious to watch it, but there's been, there's been like 20,000 other incidents that's happened after that, that I don't need to relive this one incident just to understand those other instances. Like I'm saying you can still get an understanding from reading about this story, like whenever they decide to bring out the facts and prosecute these guys, you can still get the same understanding because the people that you're talking about where they're like, oh, why did he do this? Why did he do that? Like, those people are always going to have that mentality. They're always going to think in that racist term of, oh, this person's, this black person's always going to be in the wrong because he did this, so he deserved to lose life. Like, they're never going to change their mindset no matter how much you argue with them. So that's not going to – me watching the video isn't going to help me better equipped to fight those guys because those guys don't want their minds changed. True. I will say, I will say, all the people who are like – who I sent it to and would or were willing to watch it are definitely like or aren't willing to watch it like you and stuff are much more optimistic happy people <laughs> but like I feel like I'm more I don't know I just feel like I need to be fully equipped with it like it's basically like reading a fully book and then not reading the conclusion or seeing the very end of it you know what I mean even though you know what's going to happen that's like to be fully informed I feel like you owe it to yourself to, like, if you're going to be down to ride and, like, defend our case and, like, continually go forward to be like, yo, this country, this nation is messed up. Like, you need you need all of the facts. You need that video as much as it hurts and is painful. But there's so many facts, though. There's already enough. There's there's already enough facts. Like I'm going I'm going in there with all of the information. All right. We're going to war and you're grabbing. There's enough. I think there's just I think there's already enough facts throughout history to prove that, like, the the, the nation is racist. I don't think you need more to mount a case. It's Yo, just like that overkill. Shit, that shit radicalizes me though. Like, I, like I watch. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. And that's <laughs> why I didn't want to watch it. I didn't, I'm. I'm in quarantine, bro. I'm not. I can't like Yo, go I outside did. and like vent my frustration. Well, I, I can't go out. Out. 
Like, I'm like, yo, I gotta, I gotta arm myself now. Like, I need to go to the States. Like, we're going to war. And like, I was cool. I was like, yo, like, before I watched this shit, I'm like, oh, I'll write a nice, like, tweet that'll defend everything. And after I saw that video, I was like, get the, get the clips, get the guns. Like, we're going to Atlanta. We're doing this. We're going to war. Like, I'm, I'm gonna get my white girl. She's gonna get in the car with me. I'm gonna ask if she's down to ride or not. So just like, it is what it is. But I get where you're coming from, but I feel like I owe it to myself. And I feel like people owe it to themselves to know the reality. And I'm, I know you're going to say you know the reality, but you don't know. until you know. Dude, I know the reality. You know? I just didn't, I didn't want to be mad. Like when you sent it in the group, like Bo was like, oh, that, that pisses me off. I'm like, bro, I don't want that kind of energy right now. I don't, I don't want to be sad from seeing another black body that didn't deserve to be lost just end up getting killed and then i don't want to be mad and like have nowhere to vent it out like it's not even like i can go out and like drink and like and like lose <laughs> and like lose my mind for a bit and like take it off like i'm literally just gonna watch a video and then for the rest of the night i'm just gonna sit there and think of how upset i am about this situation and can't do shit about it like it's just gonna piss me off even more so i get it but i just didn't want to put myself in that that's situation where we, that's where we differ because i i like to get myself worked up Trust me, I've been there. I used to fucking love to ride for that shit. But after how many incidents have happened, it's like now it's just like it's just too much for my brain. Like I can't Fair keep enough. going into Fair the depths of hell. I understand, but I always disagree with it. And I actually got in a few arguments with people today, like other black people, because like, watch this shit. Watch it. And they're like, I don't want to watch it. Like it's messed up. And I'm like, you need to know. You like, <laughs> like I got I got worked out. I was like, you you sell out, you coon. Like you like try. <laughs> It was stupid. So I get where you're coming from to a degree, but I still I still feel how I feel. I have an analogy, but it's a little bit too X-rated, so I'm, I'm just going to skip on it. Let's go to the Drake tape. All right. Drake, Dark Lane demo tapes, the mixtape. What are your thoughts on it? What did you Have you heard the whole thing, first of all? Uh, Yeah, like, I mean, I, I listened through it for the most part. I kept, like, my favorite songs and stuff. I don't know when I heard tape. I just assume it's, it's like, do you can, is it an album? Like it's no, it's a, it's a mix. Tape. It's a bunch yeah. of Lucy's that were already out for one. They were already so, on the internet. So if you ask me if it's for Lucy, it's good, man. Like D4L slaps. Um, yeah. That's right. That track's like one of my favorites. Yeah. I need, so, I need to, I need to hear that shit in a club full of like, just, right? just like a basement dark ass club where that shit's blasting at full blast. It's like I need playing, to hear what's that. The, what's that old club in Toronto that you used to parlor? Oh, the shop. Um, it's called the shop now, but parts and labor is where you're. Parts and referring. labor before, yeah, just in that basement there. Like that song goes in, man. So um, and then that one and is it Chicago freestyle? Yeah, Chicago freestyle. Yeah, that was yeah. Those two were my favorite tracks. Like for for Lucy tape, I think it was dope. Um, but like obviously by his radiance, like and he's he's projected to do two thirty five, I think, first week. Um, which is nuts for someone who like just put this together with a bunch of songs that like he already just threw out there. Um, but understandable. It's Drake. He's like the biggest. Yeah. In the I mean, it still had like what two C slide. Like it's still a lead. Yeah. So yeah, him adding two C slide obviously boosted the numbers for his sales going forward. Um, and then on top of that, I guess that means that he's not going to put it on his next album. That's supposed to be coming out in in the summer as well too which i prefer then so you can like reason yeah i don't think i would want to hear it on his his major album either for, so yeah for, so for like a drake tape i think it, it was good man like I, I i kept like i i have like five songs on repeat those two are my favorite um it came out what like thursday friday friday and i was riding around friday listening to it so 
I'm surprised a lot of these um I'm surprised that a lot of these were kind of left off of Scorpion. Right. Because some of these are that old. Like, Landed sound, seems like it would have been a super dope song. Um, had he, Or maybe it wasn't Landed. I think it was Losses. Losses, I think, sounds like it could have been on Scorpion. That would have been a dope song, too. Um, Deep Pockets, which used to be called Rollin', that could have made it onto uh, Scorpion as well, too. The first, the um, first half of War was out for a long ass time. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. War's and, been out for it leaked for like the full while. version leaked still like eight months ago. So, um, but that's I like that song too. So I don't know for a bunch of leaks and like I appreciate it as long as it's not like rolled out like an album. Then just for some more Drake to go in the summer, I think it was good. Like it actually exceeded my expectations. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like though is that he continues to do the not mixing and mastering to the level that like I expected to be. Like Desire still sounds like the leaked version. Yeah. And then on top of it, he added some stupid verse at the end where like some other dude's talking, like one of his boys is talking at the end. I'm like, I don't need this. Like you could have kept that off, and you could have made the song sound way better. But... I think he's doing that to like declare that it's still like just a mixtape with like Lucy's. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, he's still giving you that like. That feel. Yeah, I mean, old mixtapes used to always do that back in the day, so I think it's still like the vibe of it. Um, but we're past that now. Like, I want to like for for someone who who uh, put out these leaks and stuff like that. Like, I'd want you to polish it up and make it sound somewhat closer to an album. But that's the thing. But that's what I'm saying. But if you try too hard, then people like I know when people used to always put out mixtapes like this is basically an album and it's kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like for like the blog boys, that's what you have to do. Because if it's too polished and he still put it out as a tape, like, this isn't a tape. It's essentially an album. You know what I mean? I yeah. agree. But I think it's, like, it's so calculated that that's, that's what's behind. How hard, like, the, obviously he has unlimited money. And if you want to talk to his, like, his label, he, they put it out. But it's obviously, like, a calculated thing where you can't be, like, yo, this is, a, like, you can't put it in his, like, list of um, albums because it's so unpolished. Yeah. I wouldn't have cared. Okay, I wouldn't have cared though if it was just desires that he fucking uploaded. Cause he leaked that himself though. Yeah. So, like if he'd mix and mastered that, I would have been cool with that. And then the rest could have just been fine the way it is. Um, what do you think of the Playboy Cardi verse? Oh, Cardi's fallen off, man. He's, you think so? Yeah, bro. He does not. He's going too hard with that sound. I'm just not <laughs> having it. Yeah, yo, someone said he sounded like Dej Loaf on the track, and I died. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I'm like, that is an accurate, that is an accurate comparison. Yeah, I don't know with that and what, what was that last song that he had that was just like he's he's getting clowned hard. Right? Oh, his meh song. Yeah, the, like the it, it, like the beeps and stuff. Like he sounds like the little puppy. Like so, I don't know, man. He needs he needs to show out because he's getting dragged right now. Yeah. I 100% agree. Like, when I first heard Pain 1993, like, I didn't like his verse at first. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I liked his verse. I just didn't like how he delivered it. Like, his vocal on it was super fucked up. And it's like, I know he does those weird sounds, but when he was doing it in the past, it seemed less like Young Thug, and it seemed more so like his own. Like, it seemed like he was in his own element that, like, no one else could do. Now it seems like he's trying to copy people to do his thing. But after listening to his verse a little bit more, like, I was listening today earlier, and I was like, oh, man, this is actually a pretty good verse. Like, I don't hate it. It's just the fact that, like, the way he delivered it kind of, like, no, that's exactly me like off it, at first. You actually listen for all that. Even for that, um, his other song, like, it was like that, too. Once you actually listen to what he's saying and all that, but he just tr- it's just trying too hard to, like, 
I like I said, I think he is trying to find his own sound to like really like do something different, but it ends up just sounding like Thug or like someone else. So I don't know. He needs to really show out with his next um album and couple songs because I don't mind as much, but I know like on a broader scale, people aren't happy with it. So yeah. I don't know. It's no, just... I could, I understand them too. Like I thought I was disappointed with it as well too. I needed um I also needed a Chris Brown feature. That would have been better like not feature but i needed him to have his own verse yeah that would have been sick and then um first birthday to chris brown yeah happy happy birthday to him and then um yeah that's pretty much it i think my favorites were uh losses landed uh d4l obviously um the when to say when chicago freestyle those were dope leaks too Pretty much everything that leaked, I pretty much liked. Um, Demons, I haven't really listened to that much because, I don't know, I, I feel like I need to be in a, a vibe to kind of hear that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Desires was always one of my favorite tracks off of it. So it's cool. I, I like it for what it is. It's just it doesn't hit the same way, obviously, because we're all in fucking quarantine. So, like, I'm not outside there, like, actually, like, living my life and shit. So it's not yeah, – it doesn't hit the same way. releasing music now. Like, the first month, people were like, oh, they're just hopping on the quarantine and all that. But I feel from most people I've spoken to, they're kind of withdrawn from music. And I think it actually might have hurt his numbers a little bit, um, the fact that it's, like, it waited two, two three months to drop versus the first couple weeks of quarantine. So, um, yeah, I don't know. God, I can't believe we're talking about quarantine. Like, it's some – it's just weird. It's bizarre. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely, it made me stop and listen. It was the first album I've listened to all the way through since all this stuff happened. So I don't know, but that's just Drake being Drake. But yeah, I I think it was good for what it is. It actually exceeded my expectations for just the tape. And I I get it's like unpolished in that, but I really think as like when you're a huge artist, the way he is, you kind of have to do that because people are so like want to drag you so quick or say that, it's basically a mixtape or if he has enough features or if it's too polished. So I understand why he did that. And it didn't bother me that much, but I understand some people want the, the clean version. Yeah. So as, as we mentioned before, Chris Brown turned 31 yesterday, I believe. Um, and then he dropped a mixtape with young thug. And when I first heard rumblings about this pairing of young thug and Chris Brown, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to hear tape from that. But after listening to most of the songs on the tape, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty dope. Like, this is a good mix of artists who I never thought I'd want to hear music from, especially this much music from, in a whole, like, body of work. Yeah. Have you heard the tape at all? No, I I haven't really listened to it. Like, it came out of nowhere. And, like, it was originally released on, like, Audio Mac or That Piff or something. It wasn't even on um, Spotify for for a minute. So I was just like, what? Yeah, it's a mixtape, mixtape. Yeah, and then I didn't see, like, I don't know, I've never thought of one, a Chris Brown and Young Thug album, so I haven't really checked it out. I'm just waiting for what people said, so I can't really speak on it, but, I mean, I, I can understand Chris Brown's talent, people like him, but I've never, I've never been a huge fan, and I feel like I'd be, like, super hypocritical if I was, because I'm part of that cancel culture, so I've tried to not ever get, <laughs> get back, man, like, I, like, I was thinking about it, too, and, like, I automatically want to defend him, but every time I just think about Rihanna's face, like, I can't, like, I couldn't imagine myself making a Chris Brown, like, I saw a bunch yesterday, like, happy birthday, like, 31st birthday, Chris Brown, whatever, and I'm like, 
I, I, just, I just can't, man. This guy, like, busted up her face like it was a tomato, and I just can't ever get back, like, on the train. I can't, I can't be a Chris Brown fan. Well, check his music, yeah, of course. But, like, I can't, I can't be riding for him. So, I, I'll hear, like, yeah, I'll hear the songs and stuff, and anything catches, I'll download it, but I'm not, I'm not walking around telling people to check it out. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you know what I mean? Like, like wow, my mom, wait, wait, wait to throw me under the bus there. Yeah, had this conversation how many times? I will always throw it. You're, you're, you support an abuser, so deep down I think you also might want to beat women. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, that is a joke I, for any of our listeners listening. Oh, the abuse. That's what the words on the street. So, I, what ladies, post? I don't listen to Chris Brown, women. Like, I, I don't do it, so... I will not lie. I am a fan of like of his music, and I, I don't listen to his music. <laughs> this nigga can't even pretend. Like, but <laughs> he can't even pretend. That's how much is how much it slaps. He's just like, I won't lie. Like, you'll be on a date, and someone will be like, Yo, like you listen to Chris Brown, and you should just lie because if you want to get in, you like, Yeah, I do. I love him. I love him more than you. Like, if you want to walk out, I understand it, but I'll never stop listening to Breezy. So that's oh, you. Oh man, I could like give it up if I wanted to, but. <laughs> You sound like a drug addict. I can quit anytime. I'm not addicted to Brown. I'm not addicted. He makes good music. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, if you if you are looking for something to listen to in quarantine, check it out. Chris Brown, Young Thug. Thug's, what, Thug was his own. What's that album that he has that has, like, 50 songs on it? His last two were, had 50 songs. It's Indigo yeah, and, uh, and Heart, You're Heart, a huge Heart, fan of how? How do, you, how do you do that? Dude, because he has, like... So he put on like 34 songs on it, and like 20, 20 of them are super bangers. It's like, how do you put on that much? How do you put on that much music and have 20 songs that slap? Like that's insane, yo. But that's why I don't even have to like. I'm sure it was good, but I don't even have to put myself out there. I won't even listen to it to put me in that awkward position. And it, like, it just keeps you hooked too. Like, which. <laughs> When you hear one song that's really good, like, you replay that, like, maybe, like, five to ten times. Then you move on to the next song. Like, what the fuck? This shit slaps too. And then you got to repeat that song multiple times. It's it's a huge cycle of just listening to good music and, like, not getting bored of it. it he has his wow. own lane. Um, You're full Team Breezy. In terms of his music, yes. Yeah, wow. I did want yeah. to talk about how he's, uh, how he's signed. I think, like, he has his own label. Because now at the bottom it says... Chris Brown LLC. So I'm thinking that he, he has his own label now and he just puts out his own music. Um, but I don't know if that's confirmed or not. I'd still have to look into it. But I do think that he is no longer tied to a label and that just makes his own music. Um, uh, speaking of another artist who's kind of questionable, Nav drops on Friday. Um, I'm assuming his single is going to be the Turk song with Gunna and Travis. His last album was Bad Habits, which we discussed on the podcast. I can't remember which episode. It might have been like 19 or something like that. Uh, but his last album, Bad Habits, we didn't really like it at first. But honestly, that shit grew on me so much. Like, I still listen to some of those songs today. Like, To My Grave, I'm Ready, Stuck With Me. Um, of course, Tap, I'm listening to. And then Know Me and, and uh, oh, I put Stuck With Me twice. <laughs> and then, yeah, Know Me, that's another track. That's another track. Those, like, five I listen to constantly, pretty much. I'm going to put this one out there. I take Nav over Tory Lanez, to be honest. That is a nasty take. I, I for like, for songs, I end up, like, I'm looking at my phone and my Spotify, 
and I have more. I have way more listens for Nav than Tori. So that's it is. okay. That's not even that's not, that's a wild take for sure. But you're not saying that you like him off of talent. You're just saying that you listen. No, to Nav no, God, no. Nav is like one of the. I was having this conversation yesterday too, and he's such a weird artist because like you know, his lyrics are all the same. It, like his they're so weak sometimes. Like the getting heads into to- Toys R Us and. How much he was a virgin before he blew up. I and love stuff. that line for some reason. <laughs> yeah, this is how does. wild it is. It's, it's just so such a stupid bar. That that defines his career. Like that's that's like sums Nav up. But like everything just slaps. Like Tap even grew up on me so much. Um, his most recent one that he has with Travis Scott. And there must be a reason why all these artists want to work with him too. Um, and he's getting put up on like Kylie Jenner's um, Instagram repeatedly he was on it this week again too i don't know he just he makes hits like it's it's like catchy he's like the definition of your guilty pleasure yeah 100 percent. i think that dark i think that like dark sound that he kind of does was like maybe not ushered in by him but he made it a certain level that people kind of wanted to hop on and like rap over and stuff like that too also, yeah. I'm sure he, has, he, he has a lot of he, has a lot, he sorry he has a lot of industry ties. I think that's has, what makes like, him popular. Like, he's had with a all the other for like three years, like you know what I mean. For yeah, because well, he came up he came up under like the weekend's label, so I'm pretty sure he knows like the guys from like yeah. I'm pretty sure he was hanging around like Belly and like all those guys and whoever well, those guys were doing music. He's with. getting way more cosigns than Bell. Like you know what I'm saying? Like once he obviously he has a cosign by being um, signed to EXO and stuff, but he obviously other artists see something in him for like Travis Scott to work with him when he was a nobody and then to continuously work on him for the singles and put him on his own album. And then the meek to give him shout outs repeatedly on each of his albums who are something like the biggest artists, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's doing something right. So it's definitely, I don't know. I'm an, I'm, it's, it's definitely my guilty pleasure. And I, I like, I get so like self-conscious. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a na- nav stand. So is Bo too. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just good. <laughs> he is from Rexdale, so I think he's probably got some street ties, which probably helps him with the Meek situation and stuff like that, too. But, like, even... <laughs> I mean, it's just weird, though. Like, I I mean, yeah, I don't... Or maybe don't he's know. cooler than we think he is. That's like, what I'm maybe, saying. That's maybe what he's saying. a dude that brings all the loud and, like, the weed to the guys. Like, I think he's just a chill guy. Like, he's a goofy geek, but when once he gets, like, he's not awkward. Like, he sounds so awkward on tracks, but... In person, that's probably like different for shit, people yeah. who want to continuously work with them and stuff. Yeah. So your boy six nine says he's dropping or going live on Friday. Um, <laughs> what do you expect from this Instagram live? Because I'm going out and making a bet that he probably touches. I will tune in. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I will definitely tune in at one point. Um, because it'll be interesting to see which artists actually come through and, and see this. Uh, but I think he does a million viewers. And if he if he makes his if he makes a lot, that, what's a lot for like IG lot? Like I don't know what. A lot is like twenty grand. Twenty grand is a lot. Like do you think he's gonna do a million? Like break some sort of like if record? You can get, yeah, if you can get twenty grand, okay, maybe a, li- a million is like pushing it. But if you can get twenty grand, that is a solid amount of people watching. Like that's a good number. But like when people team up and stuff, they depending on who it is. We've seen numbers anywhere from like 50 to 100. That's usually when like people are teaming up and shit. And then like the, um, 
the superstar status, like Tory Lane's quarantine radio is doing like two hundred thousand, like a hundred to two hundred thousand. Okay, it's like so super, I think it's like superstar status. He's not gonna do a million. I think he does like four fifty, five hundred. Okay, yeah, I, that, that's what I was gonna cut it down to. I said, I said a million to be exaggerating, but um, it, I think he does like four hundred to five hundred. I've never, I honestly have never fully, I've never ever tuned into a live, and I've set an alarm to see his live on Friday. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I want to see what he has. Why do you rep for him so hard? I, I, honestly, like I said, man, I've I, never tuned into a live, but I, I've never, for, I didn't even watch quarantine six, radio. Nine, any- for 6 9, I will set an alarm. I'm going to set up because, like, we're, <laughs> honestly, he reminds me of me, like, just a big time troll. Like, it's, he's just out there. I get why people don't like him. I get he snitched yeah, and stuff. That pissed me off the most is that he's a snitch and now he's just going to get. He's just gonna get all his credibility back because of the fact. He's not that gonna he's, get his credibility back. I think there's gonna be tons of artists that still don't want to work with him. He's got his avenue though. He's definitely like he's played this as as well as you can. So I think like he's obviously lost credibility, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna tune in. Like I don't know what else to say. I'm gonna. What do you think? I'm listening. What do you even expect to see? I, he's gonna troll. He's gonna do something ridiculous. Like. Maybe he's on house some- arrest. How the fuck's he gonna troll? He has something, all right? Like he has it, something up his sleeve. Fair enough. All right. Uh, wh- like, which artists do you think are not gonna work with him going forward? Not work with them? A lot of yeah. people. I think. I think it's more of who will work with him first. Who's gonna be the first to like gamble yeah, that? Be, if yeah, it goes well, then um. Then I could see people like, you know what I mean? I, I'm more interested to see who's going to test the waters first. Who's going to like jump on it with them. It's more like, I think you could get any like guy trying to come up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's that, a big That's deal. what I was going to say. Yeah. But what big artist, like what already established person, like, like 50 Cent was posting the pictures of him being Photoshopped looking like 6ix9ine just a couple days ago. But then 50 Cent's also anti- No, that was a painting. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like he still has that connection. He spoke on him six nine lately and stuff too. So I don't I don't honestly I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I'm more interested in the like if some lower names do it like Little Mosey or something did it. I'll be like, okay, whatever. But like I'm more interested in like the bigger names. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, Fifty's disowned him though, or quote unquote. Yeah, but then you know, speaking person. on him doesn't mean that he's gonna do anything with him. No, I know, but it wouldn't totally shock me. If he did, but I know he's also like fully anti-snitch, so I I can't I don't know I honestly don't know I've been trying to get a read for it and I still don't know because no one's really interacted with him though no like you know what I mean yeah so far no one said yeah no one said anything to him like they blow his comments on like things blow up he gets like ten thousands and thousands of them but um not like other artists artists interacting with him so I really artists yeah okay well I'm autist right now so (laughs) Um, so yeah I don't I don't know what to expect but. You'll you'll tune in. You've been anti him the whole time, and you're sliding in on Friday too. You're taking a work break. Like we're all we're all. Yeah, gonna... I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in just to see who's in there though. I don't. I'm not gonna stay for the live. Like I don't really care. I don't really care. Full support. Like as much as like the only way you can not support is completely ignore him, and no one's completely ignoring him. That's what yeah, he... in a sense. But like everyone's gonna anyone was gonna tune in anyways though. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm not like blaming you. But I'm saying if you really really didn't want him to, like, have a career, you wouldn't tune in at all. I don't think that equates to him not having a career, though. 
I think even if I made my stand of him not of him going on live, like it still wouldn't change anything. So are you you're not gonna download any song his like when it releases? Oh no, I'm not I'm not gonna support his music whatsoever. I'm gonna do the whole album. No. I will I will I will tune into his live because that doesn't directly support him. And I want to see who's going to be in there and what they're going to say about the situation because I think that's going to be very telling. But yeah. I'm not going to listen to him going forward. And I was a huge fan of him too. I liked his last album that he dropped before he went to fucking jail. I'm I'm down. I'm in. I'm there. I support. Like, oh, he's no worse than Chris Brown. You're you're not taking a moral stand. You're already a bad person. Yeah, but see, I can do it on one person. I can't claim two. I can't, either, but... I can't go further and go. I can't go twice now. That's double dipping. <laughs> the mental gymnastics. You're I doing can right I now. can go out on a limb one time, but double dipping just makes me look terrible. <laughs> okay, so you picked your bad guy. Yeah, essentially. All right, fair. Well, I've I've, I've taken six nine over Chris Brown. Everyone, I, everyone has their their little shitty g- mental gymnastics. We all fucking do it, all right? I, yeah, no, hundred percent. But I can easy, more easy, look in my mom in the eye, my girlfriend in the eye, and be like, I'm a I'm a six nine fan. Pass. Being Why a- he was he was he was a pedophile. That's way worse. I mean, the, the age gap there was not even like. Okay, we're not gonna get into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, let's let's move on because we're we're running quick here. Yeah, we're we're running we're wrapping this up anyways. Uh, last topic, real quick, we're just gonna mention this. Elon Musk names his kid X A E, which is some kind of symbol A dash twelve. And the internet has been going absolutely bonkers with the fucking memes. Um, I think I'll probably compile a bunch of the funniest memes. I've seen a lot of hilarious ones that are pretty hard to explain, but um. It's not even the fact that he named his kid this that, like, surprised me because I think it's well within his wheelhouse of him being a weirdo and, like, a super geek scientist type dude. Yeah. Um, like, if you've seen his interactions on Twitter, he's of that, like, weird vein. Like, he'll interact with, like, anime, anime um, avatar Twitter and stuff like that. So I wouldn't put him past him to call his son this. And I don't know anything about Grimes, so I don't know what her Bro. stance is. But I did see something funny where she said she didn't want to gender the baby, so she didn't want to reveal what it was. And then someone asked Elon what the gender of the baby was, and he's like, it's a boy. So I found that kind of funny because she yeah. went on, on that limb to like try and Elon defend Musk- it, but then he switched up. Um, but the big, the biggest shock to me, because none of that's really shocking, is the fact that he already has – he has six kids. I didn't fucking know that. Yeah, he's, he's out – yo, Elon Musk is like the tech bro Kanye West. Like, he's unhinged. You're going to have to repeat that. You cut out. Elon Musk is, like, the tech bro Kanye West. Like, uh, Kanye's hip-hop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Like, he's just wild, bro. Like, you see, like, he costs, apparently, um, Tesla, like, a billion dollars. Or his... What? Yeah, his company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by, like, tweeting wild. Like, he's, he was having, like, a mental breakdown on, on Twitter. He, he uh, tweeted that the stock was too high. So that yeah. caused it to go down, obviously. And then he's going on about, like, opening the government and, like, stuff like that. And this guy's supposed to be the poster boy of science and, like, advancement. And then he's basically doing, like, anti-science by saying all that stuff. So it's it's kind of interesting. And people, like, the, to watch all the fanboys, because I didn't even realize it was like that. But he, it's the same way that Kanye is with, like, the Kanye stands and the Elon stands of being, like, trying to defend him. Which is, like, he said some pretty indefensible things. 
So it was pretty interesting. And I don't know, name like the same way Kanye named his kids Northwest and all this stuff. This is like pretty on par with the tech bro things. Like what is like the the internet router? Name your kid after internet router is wild. So <laughs> do you think well okay, so apparently the name from what I've seen on Twitter means Ash Archangel. Because that AE sign actually means Ash and then A twelve or something like that comes from like an archangel or some shit. And then I guess X just fits into his whole like space X and like I don't give a shit. I'm Tesla, not gonna justify Tesla this. Model. It's weird. I'm not gonna um, give benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but no, you, you brought up something really quickly though that I want to touch on. Do you think Kanye's kids' namings is that weird though? Because I've seen a lot weirder ones from like Hollywood. Like there's I think I can't remember who has it, but there's a Hollywood kid who has the name Apple. Which is fucking well, odd. I think it's a I don't, Paltrow's kid. It's what? Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. Yeah, maybe that might be. That it's her be. kid, and um, no, I thought it was weird at the time that I just realized like it's weird in hip hop standards, but for like the community and life he lives, wasn't that weird? I, I kind of like it now, like Northwest, like all. Yeah, all, it kind of. I know it kind of rules. Like I was like, I, I think at first I was like, oh, that's hilarious, like the fact that he called it that. But now I'm just like. It's not that bad of a name after, like, living with it for the past three years or so. It's cute. Like, Northwest, like, it's – it's compared to all this shit and the way, like, white people name their kids, it's it's cute. Like it, Wait, you're saying North is cute? Like, Northwest, yeah. like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it, no, the Elon Musk, it's super weird. Um, but, like, Kanye West, it was, like, a big deal at the time. But that's why he's worth a billion dollars and I'm worth a hundred. Like, it's just – I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I will say Saint is a dope name, though. I think Saint for just anyone is a fucking sick name. They're honestly, like, I remember when he first started naming, I was like, this is weird. But, like, now looking at it, it's completely normal and cute names. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're actually not that bad. But, yeah, that'll do it for episode 55 of the Pops Culture Podcast. Oh, I forgot to mention this at the top. Um, Like I said, going forward, we will be dropping these every Thursday going from now on till the podcast, whatever podcast does. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check out for these every Thursday. That'll be on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.